Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. When you find something that you know is right for you, it feels good. You feel an alignment. Hello, my lovely listeners. Thank you again for tuning in and joining me on this podcasting journey. When Heather and I first began developing this podcast, we wanted to create a theme that would do more and serve more than one purpose. The first was, of course, to set the stage to create a baseline for our subject matter. But the second was a little more selfish. We wanted to light a beacon. Actually light a beacon to highlight people with stories that would resonate with us and also our listeners. Stories that would provoke new skills, new thoughts, and new ideas for everyone involved. So in keeping with our theme, I have the greatest pleasure in introducing you to Victoria Terrio, who will no doubt inspire you to learn more about a very special person. And that person is none other than you. Enjoy. I'm extremely excited for today's guest, and I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to Victoria Terrio. Victoria is a certified disc assessment analyst. And for anybody that's listening that are feeling a little dazed and confused about what that might be, listen, it's awesome. It's amazing. Just keep listening. I assure you that you'll very much enjoy this episode. So Victoria, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time, your energy, and your knowledge. Thanks, Helen. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. So if I can just start by asking you, what's this disc assessment thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. I'll try not to be too verbose because I can talk at length about it. So uh, DISC is, it is an assessment that people do. It is widely used across the world. Actually, it's the most widely used behavioral assessment model. A lot of people are familiar with things like Myers-Briggs, which is also sort of a similar time period. They both came out late 1920s, where we really saw like the birth of people trying to understand, you know, what's going on in the brain. And we have like Carl Jung and we have all these types of things going on. So it really is a way of understanding people's behaviors. And DISC is specifically work-related, which is where I bring it into the picture. But the general theory behind DISC is there's four quadrants of human behavior. We are all capable of showing all of them, but some of us definitely are more naturally geared to some of them. DISC stands for, it's an acronym for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness, and Compliance. Which are those behaviors that comprise the quadrant. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so what we'll find quite often is that certain people are suited to certain roles based on their DISC profile. So for instance, Ds, Ds tend to be very direct, to the point, assertive. They make very good leaders. Eyes are really good at sales or people things because they're influencers. They love to chat. They love to engage. They're charming. S's tend to be a lot more in terms of teachers or nurses, like supportive fields. Mm -hmm. S's are great at listening. They're very tenacious. And C's are, you know, the word is compliance, but they're also very detail-oriented. They can be sort of perfectionists. They're very good with working with tasks. So we can often find accountants, engineers. I was going to say that maybe an accountant yeah. would fit that. 
<laughs> but not just that. And, and the other thing too, is most of us are not just one. A lot of us are combinations of most likely two of them. Some of us are just one. Some of us have three high factors. Uh, it's sort of how they interplay. But one of the things that I do is really help understand what people's strengths are. I think when people hear the word assessment, for instance, they think, oh my gosh, this is a test or, oh, I don't know. And I have to be very careful with talking to the leaders or the people that I'm working with who are going to be giving this out, that the language is really important around it because I think there's a fear and I totally respect and understand it you know, around somebody being labeled or pigeonholed or, oh, mm -hmm. this isn't the essence of me. And yeah, it isn't. We all have profiles. We aren't the sum of our profiles. But having said that, the approach that I take is let's figure out what your strengths are. So the great thing about this is, you know, if you know you're naturally great with people, if you know that you have this ability to network and socialize and put people at ease, that would be the influence factor. So therefore, if you're like going into sales, it's like, hey, guess what? This is a natural fit for you. You're going to be a rock star at this. This is going to be great. It doesn't mean you can't do sales if you don't have it. I have different approaches. So the whole thing is, let's look at your profile. We'll never use a one size fits all strategy. So we're going to do some customized coaching in terms of here's how you make this work for you. And that's what it's about. So for me, it's the opposite of labeling and pigeonholing. It's like, let's go in, let's find your strength. And let's make sure that you are always leveraging that. Let's put you in as many situations as possible so that you succeed. So that's part of it with the person in terms of either the employer or the teammate. It's like, let's understand each other's profiles because quite often we misunderstand one another, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of differences in those four profiles. Uh, so for instance, a D talking to an S, they're pretty opposite. They're probably going to have some communication gaps. And so then it's this fun exercise of understanding when a D is saying this, this is their intention. And when an S is saying this, this is their intention. And I can tell you so many times, I do a lot of work with teams. The number one thing that causes grief on teams that brings teams down is misunderstandings, miscommunications. And where that comes in is, I think, ascribing the wrong intent to the behavior that they're seeing. So Ds, for instance, I told you that that's direct. Their word is dominant. I mean, that was 1928. A lot of people like to sort of change it to, you know, drivers. Although I have to tell you, high Ds don't usually mind. They're like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. You know, so they're in charge. They're in control. They do that. And a lot of people can almost misunderstand them and think that it's sort of bullying behavior or that they're bossy. Assertiveness is misconstrued as that, maybe. Absolutely. And it can be seen as aggression. And in fairness, you know, that happens. Some of them are. But also, you know, when people understand the intention that goes into that D, what that behavior is really about, then they're like, oh, I understand it. I, I was taking it personally. I was thinking it was me. But now I see that person is just driven. They're really goal oriented. And that's where that behavior is coming from. Wow. That was a long answer. I know. My goodness. That was an amazing answer. And I have two questions. Yes. Awesome. Why are they not teaching this in high school? Why are they not necessarily teaching it? But start at a young age and understand that you're not being profiled, you're just being assessed that can maybe help people find their place or find their niche because it takes a lot of people a lot of time sometimes. Wouldn't it be helpful to bring it into the, the high school system maybe? Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And I know that sometimes they've done Myers-Briggs. So Myers-Briggs, it's more beneficial sort of for personal life, I guess I would say. Okay. So some of them do it. And I think it's because it feels maybe a little bit more fun. But I also think that it's, again, not an understanding of DISC and that DISC actually, if you look at it, has much more value in terms of, let's say, figuring out careers and working and all of that stuff. I have heard a few little peeps, I think more at the university level. I've talked to a couple of people who 
they have done that at school. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that's not high school, but I agree. And of course, I have a, I do have a teenage daughter. So, well, I've done her profile for many years because she's always begged me to do it. And technically we say, you know, they really, you know, should be, I guess, let's say 12 would be the minimum, right? Because right. where they can sort of start to properly really understand themselves and maybe have a parent help them. But I think it's probably along the lines of that. They probably want you to be more like 18. But the funny thing about that is I have a lot of clients that adjacent to what I'm doing for them have said to me, hey, like my kid is about to graduate high school or, or is thinking of university. Can you have a look at this or, or going from university into the workplace? And so I have done that for some of the clients is run one because I can do a career guide with DISC. So I can sort of say, hey, here are some things that you would be really naturally suited to. Yeah. And again, it's not about saying you can't do X, Y, and Z, but it's about, wow, you're, you're going to be so strong in this, in A, B, and C, you're going to be so strong. So maybe here's something that you should focus on. So I'm all about self-improvement and development, but I also believe that there's no point in battling against the current. For sure. I think we should find our strengths and make sure that that's where we're living in. Because if you're in a job and you are working against your natural disc profile, you can do it. You can do it for a while. But at the end of the day, you're going to be depleted. You're going to be exhausted. When you're working in your zone, where you're, you're in that excellent zone, you're going to be invigorated at the end of the day. You might have a crazy busy day, but you're just going to be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is what I meant to do. And you're going to be invigorated. And I can speak to that personally, because that's the way that I feel by doing this. That to me is an amazing epiphany. Just right there, I think to myself, every single person on the planet should. I mean, I understand that not everybody can do what they love. Most people I know, they do do what they love. But it might not be right. It might be able to be, you know, tweaked a little bit, or they might be able to head in a different direction to feel invigorated at the end of the day, because that's what it should be about, where you find your happiness and what you do. You don't have to love it, but there's a happiness level in being able to do it. I 100% agree. And again, speaking as somebody that didn't start out doing this, but kind of figured it out later on, I always had these interests, and it was just a matter of a perfect set of circumstances all coming together. I actually wrote about this. I was just a co-authored a book with uh, it's, it's 365 Canadian women. So the input that I put so for my little story was actually talking about that was about how it took me a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And just basically the advice of it's never too late. I use a quote, it's never too late to become what you should have been. It's just when you find something that you know is right for you, it feels good. You feel in alignment. All those things that I said, you know, sometimes people be like, oh, but I've been in this career for X amount of years and I've built this up. I should just do it. And I wrote about it. I said, you know, wouldn't 20, 10, even five years doing something you love be worth it in the end? So that's really what it's about. I want people to understand their strengths and discover what their talents are and be able to have that level of fulfillment in what they do. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but because uh, I don't really like to bring COVID into the picture, but COVID has been an opportunity for us all to take pause. And what a perfect opportunity, unfortunate, but perfect opportunity for people to maybe start to learn a little more about themselves. And if they mm-hmm. are in a situation where they're having to pivot or redirect their energy in their work environment, it's a good opportunity to do it. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes, I have definitely seen a lot of that. There's been a lot more time for introspection and reflection. And is this really what I want to be doing? And that kind of thing, right? And even number one, learning how to communicate with other people too. Huge, absolutely huge. 
Like I said, that's one of those things where, and again, this is the part that I think hooked me and keeps me going with wanting to constantly see it is I would say on a regular basis, probably at least once a week, I'm witness to somebody having some kind of revelation, whether that's within their team, whether it's a personal revelation, but it's one of those things where they're like, oh, wow, finally, this finally makes sense. Like, oh, all these pieces of the puzzle have been put together and now I can understand why my boss is doing this, or now I understand why I do this. It's funny. We think we know ourselves really well, and to a degree we do, but we don't necessarily know how we are seen by others. We don't necessarily have that perspective. So that's a real eye opener. And I went through that myself, you know, going through all this. There was things that I think, why do people think that about me? Or that's that's interesting. What's that about? And then when you do this, you're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Because I'm putting off that vibe or, or this is what they're seeing and they're misunderstanding that. Again, I talked about intention. Intention is key. The intention behind someone's behavior. So a high C's intention is so different than a high I's intention. So, mm-hmm. you know, C being more reflective and analytical and I being more gregarious and outgoing. And so if those two are connecting, you know, that high I will have the expectation of, oh, wow, I'm chatting, I'm hugging, I'm being friendly. And the C is just kind of like, hmm, I'm not feeling the love back. Right. And it's not that it's just that is the C. The C is just analyzing, thinking, but by no means not enjoying it or having the same thing. But until we understand that, we can take things personally. I can tell you from experience nine times out of 10, it's not about you. It's about whatever's going on with the other person, either with their natural profile or what's going on in their day. That's a huge one. Like so many people are like, oh, thank you for lifting that weight off my shoulders. I thought this was me. And it's not me. It's not me at all. It's just our differences and how we're wired. I think about how many interactions you have on a daily or weekly basis with other people and think how many of those interactions could be different or better Mm. if you just understood the situation a little more. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is intriguing. It is. And I have to stop myself sometimes because (laughs) if I just see that going on personally, like, you know, with my husband and people at work or, or family, and it's just like, oh, I have to. I was talking to somebody else who's a coach that's well known in the U.S. And he said that to me, he's like, this is one of the things you're going to find. This is going to come with the territory is you see a situation. You're just like, oh, I got to jump in. I know what to do to fix that. But that's not always really welcomed when it's like at home or it's your family. (laughs) They're kind of like, you know what? I'm a little sick of that, actually. You can just, I'm like, okay. So my husband will tease me and we'll be having dinner with friends or something. And he'll say, stop profiling them. Yeah. Let's see if Victoria can get through the night without bringing this up. (laughs) That's right. And the last time he said it, I was like, okay, I'm going to try. And then he's the one who brought it up. So I was like, huh. Exactly. I would find myself (laughs) drinking copious amounts of wine, I'm sure. (laughs) Do people change? Mm. So can your disc profile change? So great question. The way that I do the disc profile, the interesting thing about the reports that I do is you have a natural profile. So that one is sort of 80% of the information that tends to stay pretty stable over time, assuming that you have started that as, let's say, an adult or, you know, even like a late teen or something like that. I also in the reports that I run, I have a, a section that shows a work graph and a stress graph. So we are all capable of, you know, modifying, having adaptive behaviors as we learn, right, as we experience life, as we grow. So there's definitely changes in those two. Those two, you can always see, oh, look what that person's doing to adapt at work right now. It's this really fascinating snapshot into what's going on. Or, oh, what happens to them under stress? Oh, wow. They're normally really outgoing and gregarious, but under stress, Uh they sort of put up a wall and they get very super focused. 
In terms of that natural one, it can change in degrees, not too much. And the one thing I will say, there's sort of a one little hidden factor that happens. People are high in D, so that direct, you know, driving kind of behavior. If you're already high in D and the older you get, the more experience you accumulate, the more senior roles you take on, that D does tend to just keep getting higher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't actually ever really go go down. So that's an interesting dynamic that happens. That definitely happens over time. Yeah. And I've actually witnessed it happen with somebody. So other than that, you kind of have your natural go-tos. Again, we're all capable of being adaptive, of showing the different behaviors. I test mine every year. So I go and I look at mine because I, I just want to see what happens. And so my main graph, the one I talked to you about, stays pretty steady. One factor might have gotten a little higher. One might have gotten a little lower. But the uncanny part is every year when I look at my work graph and my stress graph, they're very situational. So they really are, like I said, a snapshot in time and show you what's going on. And I always think I've answered it the same way. But then I look and I look at those two graphs and I think, oh my goodness, look, it's picked up on the fact that I'm feeling this way right now. And you'd think that I would know it because if I'm doing it all the time, but no, even, even I'm kind of then blown away like, oh my gosh, it picked up on that stressor. Wow. So it's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It really is. You mentioned a book, and I'm mm. always interested to hear about the latest and greatest books, and especially women, Canadian, and it seems that there's a lot yeah. of co-authors. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that just sort of was one of those interesting opportunities that came my way. You know, one of those things where somebody that you know recommended me, so she was going to be involved in the book. So the publisher is she does Fresh Magazine. It's a Canadian magazine, oh, and yeah, it's of out of Van- yeah, it's out of Vancouver. And it, you know, it's sort of like lifestyle and beauty and self awareness and all that kind of stuff. And so she's been doing that, and she wanted to put together. I think especially during COVID, she wanted to put together this sort of story about women from coast to coast in Canada. So we have 365. So for everyone for a day of the year. Most of us are sort of entrepreneurs or are doing, you know, something that we are passionate about. And so she wanted to sort of bring that all together. So they asked me. So I was really excited because I love books, too. And I, you know, have done some writing in the past. So it was a really fun opportunity to be able to participate in that. The hard part was. So there's a print book, which has come out, it's sold out, which was really exciting. So there's going to be a second one for that. And I think it is eventually going to Indigo Chapters, probably by May. Amazing. Yeah. But the hard part for the print one is that the whole 365 theme was really followed through. So it's 365 words. That's it. Hard stop. (laughs) So I can't tell you how many times, you know, I started off and it's like, 500 words. Okay, I can pare that down. And then I get it down to like, I don't know, 380. And then I chop out a whole thing. Now it's down to 340. And I was like, oh, I'm driving myself crazy because you want to, right? You want to be articulate. You want to be able to express your message. But then you're also, oh, wow, I have literally 365 words. So that was was challenging. (laughs) And then to actually look at it and go, did I say everything I needed to say? Anyway, in the end, all good. I love the concept. And it's been really amazing to connect with women across the country. So we're all connected on social. So it also comes out every day. So each woman is is assigned a day of the year. And then there's a there's something online every day where you get an extra 500 words, I believe my days in September. So I don't have to Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I will have the chance to maybe if I didn't get anything in there, I, I can definitely add it. 
But yeah, so every day a woman's showcase. So it's been really fascinating for me too to read the stories of all these different women and what they're doing with their lives. And it just feels very inspiring. And it, it just feels like just this really enjoyable little community now that I've sort of become a part of. So yeah, super excited and grateful for this opportunity. I need to get my hands on a copy because that seems in line with everything that we believe in on this show. That's for sure. Oh, great. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to know, actually, uh, sort of going back to that a little bit, I'd love to know what drew you to becoming a certified disc analyst. Yeah, so I was working, had a, you know, in more of a corporate environment at the head office of a real estate company. And that is where I had the opportunity to get certified. In that case, it was basically a role that was supporting brokerages in terms of how do they hire effectively? How do they help their teams that are growing and expanding? So there was a lady there that was certified in it. And when she was speaking to me about it, she said, you know, I can see that this is something that you are super fascinated in. And I think that you should get certified and that we should bring this into the mix of how we are going to be helping these brokerages. So I got certified for that reason. And I did it within that role probably for a year or two, probably two years. But once I <laughs> sunk my teeth into it, and once I saw all the different uses of it and where it could go, I thought, yeah, okay, like I have ideas for this, like this can go in all kinds of different directions. And I'm not going to be able to do it in this setting, like this isn't going to be able to be where it is. But the great thing about that was that having already done it with the company, I had a lot of relationships built up. So a lot of my clients and then talk to the company and it's fine. So they have me doing a lot of the stuff, you know, with their clients. So I have those relationships. But yeah, once I just had that little whiff of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like people use it often at just the very basic level. So most people use it to hire. They want to hire somebody. They run this profile. They look for any kind of red flag. So, you know, a lot of my clients will do that. We're hiring someone. Let's profile them get the profile. It's very helpful because what it does is it gives you specific interview questions that you can ask them. So let's say you would ideally do it between like a first and second interview or whenever that final interview is. But you do get these customized questions that are directed to that person's profile. So it takes the guesswork out of it for you. Also, a lot of people are sort of impulsive or emotional hirers. If somebody comes in and rocks an interview, they're like, oh, I love them. Well, guess what? Here's Sign the thing. Sign the contract. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing. High eyes. So high eyes, that the high influencer personality, I'm telling you, they will probably get every job they go and interview for because they do well. That's where they shine. But does that mean that they're a good fit for the role? No, mm -hmm. not necessarily. So if you're hiring someone like that, someone who's got this really high influence and you're hiring them for, let's say, a very technical, detailed kind of a role. They're going to rock the interview, but they're probably not going to be well suited. You know, maybe they can do it, but they're going to get bored awfully fast. Right. Versus if a high C comes in and they're a little bit more, they're quiet, they're a little bit more reflective. You're not feeling that interview persona. And then a lot of times, sadly, they won't get the job. And realistically, they're the ones capable of it. So I have a lot of my clients will just profile everybody that is coming in for an interview and I can say, hey, here's this profile. This looks great for this thing. And it's never about, oh, we're not going to hire them. It's, it's often about now that we understand this, you know, what is the best way to work around it or how can we, yeah. how can we tailor this so that they're able to sort of shine or have their strengths? So that's a big part of it, but that's mm -hmm. only one piece. And so I think most people use it just for that. And I think the added piece and the piece 
which made me want to go out and do this on my own as my own business was the follow up piece, which is all about, okay, now you understand it. So now let's look at team dynamics. So I do a lot of team culture workshops, things like that. You know, we have this whole mix of profiles. What does this look like together? How can we understand one another and better communicate with one another? It's funny, you can say something in one way, and that resonates with the high D, but you're going to lose the high S there. So an example of that, so I do work with a lot of realtors, and I'm always telling them you can't have that one size fits all approach to sales. Because if you try to, let's say, close a deal with a high S the way you would try to close a deal with a high D, you're going to lose the high S. So just a quick overview. High Ds mm-hmm. are decisive. They make up their mind quickly. They risk takers. If you present everything to them and they're like nodding, going, okay, cool. Yep, yep, yep. You're getting those signals. You can go for a direct fast close with them because that's what they want. If you do that with a high S, who, by the way, are famous for nodding, but it's not the same nod. High S's do this sort of half smile nod. And what that is, is I'm thinking, I'm processing but do not rush me. So if you then try to take that quick close with a high S, you're going to see deer in the headlights and they're going to panic. They're going to feel pressured. And so if you try to go in and close with them that same way, you are most likely going to lose them. Whereas if you're meeting them where they need to be met at and you say, hey, here's all the information. Take your time. Have a look at it. If you have any questions, I'm here for you. Bang, music to their ears. And ironically, you will hear from them faster than you would have had you not have said that. So how many relationships could be saved, whether it's personal (laughs) or business or I mean, honestly, really, if people just knew more about this and how to get it done, do you have any clientele that are sort of one on one or is it mostly team oriented? So everything, a lot of one on one for that reason, for just again, uh, a lot of times it's personal development. You know, I also do emotional intelligence assessments, so not just DISC. So the emotional intelligence ones are a deeper dive. And that always sounds so like, oh, the name of it is whatever. But that is a deeper dive. And I definitely use that more so for coaching individuals. That really kind of speaks to the drivers, the motivators. So so when I say emotional intelligence, just to frame it for you a little bit, mm-hmm. there's sort of two facets to it. So I'm going to try to enunciate because we're doing this audio. So it's intrapersonal and interpersonal. Okay. So the intrapersonal is, of course, ourselves. That's what the intra internal. So part of that piece is understanding and managing our emotions. And then the other piece, the interpersonal, is understanding and influencing the emotions of others. So for instance, so you have to kind of know where you're coming from first and then be able to do it. So EQ is a lot about is there a weird vibe in the room, like picking up on stuff like that? And hmm, maybe this isn't the right time to say this to that person, because (laughs) they look like, you know, they've already been having a rough day. So maybe I'm going to hold my tongue and not say that. That's really where you find the nuances. And this ties into DISC, where sometimes people worry about being labeled by DISC. I'll always tell them, yeah, we all have the profiles, right? We're not the sum of them. And the reason is something like EQ, which is a much deeper dive. So D's that are often, as we talked about, seen as aggressive, Mm -hmm. a D, a high D that has a high EQ. And so what comes into EQ are things like self-awareness, empathy. So if you find a high D that has that, I can guarantee you, you almost won't even realize they're a high D because they have those things. So that part is a much deeper dive. So I have done a lot of that in terms of coaching with individuals, but I've also done a couple senior leadership teams that wanted to take a deep dive, which I'm so impressed when I see this. I think more and more we're seeing this, it gives me such 
I guess, encouragement to see that companies are recognizing the value in not just grinding out work, getting a result, but hey, you know, our people are our most valuable resource. Yeah. And if we are nurturing them, if we are understanding them, it's going to benefit all of us. We're going to have a better working relationship. We're going to get better results. And that's something that that I'm really starting to see, which is, again, this is the part that really excites me and encourages me because we've all been, I think, in work situations that haven't been ideal. And mm-hmm. I so many times find myself going back over things and thinking, oh, gosh, if only that was understood. And it's not just I was part of the problem, too. There's parts where I was like, oh, I probably did not put my best self forward there or I didn't do enough to explain what was going on with my reaction or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if only we had the tools and the words to have explained that to one another. Yeah. We would have fixed that. That would have been great. Absolutely. Do you offer counsel on the backside too? So if people, you know, for an example, they have a DISC assessment and they have an EQ assessment as well. And mm-hmm. then if they find that there's some things that maybe they need to recognize or change or work mm-hmm. on in their EQ profile. Yes. Yep. Then uh, do you offer some counsel on how they can, yes. can do that? Exactly. So with DISC, so the DISC one, I usually do when I do it um, and I know... Heather knows about this. I do a 30 minute debrief to talk about it and talk about here are your strengths. Here's how you should leverage them. And then if something gets you into trouble, like if you find yourself this way, here's some tips to maybe avoid that. Again, with EQ being a deeper dive, it's a 90 minute coaching session and it does involve an action plan. So there's definitely things. So for instance, let's say empathy. Empathy is a huge one. Okay. So empathy is something that some people just really have naturally. You're kind of, it's, it's, it's one of those things scientists are, are still continually looking at. There are people who just naturally have it in abundance and people who don't. Now you can definitely, as you get older, learn ways to increase it. I don't think you're ever going to just be a different person and all of a sudden be hugely empathetic. Right. But there are ways to do it. That's part of one of the coaching pieces I would have around it. I love Brene Brown. I don't know if you have ever listened to her podcast yeah. or read her books, but she is super on empathy. And so one of the things that I'll sort of quote unquote assign as part of that is, is she has this chapter in her book, Dare to Lead mm-hmm. on empathy, which is so well done and kind of has actionable things. It allows you, if you're not feeling it naturally, you can pick up on little cues and things like that to help nudge you to go, oh, hold up. I think this is happening and now I need to do this. So you, we're not going to change your whole level of empathy. You're not all of a sudden going to be feeling things a hundred times differently, but you are going to recognize the little clues and that's going to sort of give you little baby steps to getting there. Mm-hmm. In today's population, this maybe isn't a fair question, but what would you say is the number one emotion uh, that people are lacking in being able to talk or communicate with one another? Is it empathy? Oh, that's a really, yeah, wow. That's a really (laughs) good question. I do think it's sort of a combination of the two things I've mentioned in terms of, so that intrapersonal, the stuff about ourselves, I think it's surprising how many people don't have self-awareness. So self-awareness is the part that's tied into that. So you can actually be even good at reading other people, but not understanding yourself. It seems shocking, but I can tell you more times than not, it comes up. So the level of self-awareness, because, you know, we're not walking through life with the video camera and seeing all of our expressions and understanding it. So we don't know what we're putting out into the world always. So I think it's a combination of that 
lack of self-awareness, and then, yeah, empathy. And so some people don't even understand the definition. So a, a really basic definition of empathy is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Right. So that's not me, Victoria, trying to analyze what's going on with Helen from my perspective. That's me actually saying, what is Helen's life like? What maybe happened on her drive to work this morning? What's going on? That's empathy is really taking that. And it's it's a struggle for some people. And it's really interesting where empathy is concerned, because with this assessment, it's I know people just think, oh, it, you know, it's it's great to have empathy. It is. It's really important to have it. But having too high a level of empathy, here's a really interesting thing about EQ. Having too high a level of empathy can be almost as damaging as too low, because if you're really highly empathetic, you are always sort of putting the needs of others ahead of you. You are really susceptible to taking on the emotions of others and feeling very drained by that and feeling almost overcome. And it's a really interesting balance of sort of trying to find a fine line of having just a healthy amount of empathy. I can speak to that one personally, because when I first I first had my EQ done by the person where I get certified and like <laughs> it's still very high, but it was really, really high. And she was like, oh, Victoria, <laughs> you got to get a handle you're on You're going to burn out. We got to give you some strategies because uh, it, it can, it can drain you because you take on everything and you have to sometimes learn to be like, I have to protect this kind of little sphere around me so that I don't take on too much. So there's certain things I just know with me. I don't watch certain things. I can't hear about certain things because I will. I know myself. And that's the whole thing. Know yourself. Yeah. Know yourself. Yeah. Know your limits. Know your boundaries. And you're going to be operating much more functionally than you would if you didn't know it. Yeah. I call those people, uh, maybe I'm highly empathetic. I highly doubt it. But maybe I am. Because <laughs> I um, sometimes I find people to be energy vampires. Just mm. sucking the life out of you sometimes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, you probably do have a fairly decent level of empathy in order to feel that because yeah. yeah, it can be draining. It can be really, really draining. I can't tell you enough how interesting this is. This is absolutely amazing. Tell me where I go to find uh, more information or to talk to you about my own DISC assessment or any assessments that you offer. What? How do I do that? Yeah, so I'm on social, so you can get me at, at Discover What Works on Instagram. I have a Facebook page at Discover What Works, also Victoria Terrio. That's the name of your business, Discover What Works. Discover What Works, okay, yeah. Perfect. So the so the Discover What Works being the okay, so disc, right? Yeah. D-I-S-C. So capitalized disc I love it. cover what works. Yeah. So so that at gmail.com. So most things are discover what works and, and you'll find it. And like I said, that's a little play on words on on the disc. So yeah, anywhere like that. And I'm happy to, you know, have a conversation with people. It's in terms of actually doing either assessment, but especially the desk, it's super quick and easy. It's one of those things where I would just send you a link. So you get a personalized link. You can do it online. It's 24 questions. And it's it's shocking. I hear this a lot from people like, wow, I answered 24 questions. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And how in the heck does this report come back? And it's like, it's me. It's like, yeah, I know. And, and <laughs> the other part, too, is also is the personal consultation, because there's always words like, you know, a report is a report. Some of it's computer speak. So yeah. there's always words that sometimes people are like, oh, I like that, but I don't know if I love that word. And then I'm able to when I have the one on one, the, the consultation comes with it. I just read the graphs that I see versus reading the report. And I'll say, here's what I see. Here's here's your strengths. Here's this type of thing. And so then they're kind of like, oh, my gosh, I've had people say to me stuff like, 
do you have a hidden camera in my office? <laughs> or are you a palm reader? Like, And I was like, I wish I could say that I was. I find all that fascinating, but yeah, no, I'm not. And it's funny because sometimes people fret about it and worry. And I always say to people, just do it at a time where it's comfortable. So if you're a morning person, do it then. If you're a night owl, do it then. Be free from distractions. Like I said, it's only 10 to 15 minutes and go with your gut feeling because it's one of those ones where it's ipsative, which means a forced choice between two or more favorable options or unfavorable. So sometimes you'll go, oh, all of those are me or none of those are me. Or, you know, so sometimes I'll have people after going, I don't know. I didn't know if any of those. I was like, you're overthinking it. Don't overthink it. Yeah, yeah. Don't overthink it. It's just one of those things where your gut. So it's like, gut, are you mostly nice? Are you mostly supportive or whatever? You're like, well, it's not the same thing. I don't know. If you have to pick one, just hit that one. So it, it does feel shocking to people when they're like, oh, I thought I was worried it was going to be something like asking me hard questions. In some ways, it wasn't hard because it's just like, are you most likely this? Are you most likely that? So in some ways, it's easy. But if you're someone who's indecisive. Yeah. Also, I have to say the people who have, you know, I talked about we all have a combination of factors. People who just have one high factor, they can answer it. I find they have a much easier time with it because everything's just like, yep, that's me. That's me. That's me. Whereas people who have, let's say, three high factors, mm -hmm. that's a lot of differences. So they're like, oh, my gosh, I really like agonize fight with between. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Is it this one? Is it that one? And I, I say, you know what? I get it because I'm somebody that has, you know, more than one high factor. And I do mine every year and I still find myself going, hmm, is it this one or is it really? that one? So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fascinating stuff. It is fascinating and amazing. And uh, thank you for sharing it with us. Um, I truly appreciate yeah everything that uh, that you've brought to the table here. And I'm very, very interested in uh, getting that link myself. <laughs> yes, we're going to do that. I'm going to set you up and we're going to we're going to have a look at your disc profile and we'll have a chat. And uh, and you can definitely tell me what what you think about it. Thank you very much. If you had the chance to discover how you think, act and interact so that you could gain some perspective on yourself and your relationships. Would you feel like you'd struck gold and was able to embrace some new discoveries on a path of self-awareness? Well, I have to tell you that if you've never had the opportunity to work with a DISC consultant, then you will absolutely want to snatch this one up. Victoria Terrio is the founder and owner of Discover What Works, where she provides premium DISC consulting services, including job profiling, detailed candidate assessments, team building workshops, and coaching. She offers one-on-one -on -one consultations based on your DISC profile, where she digs deep to pinpoint your strengths and offers perspective on appreciating your own unique style, which can position you for success. Victoria says that those who understand their natural behavioral preferences are far more likely to pursue the right opportunities in the right way, at the right time, and achieve the results they desire. So whether you're in the market for new employment, starting or continuing on a path of self-awareness, or would just really like to have your partner assess so that you can finally understand their, insert choice word here, then pull out your computers and head straight over to whatsyourwhy.ca slash disc, or email Victoria directly at discoverwhatworks at gmail.com. Make sure you mention promo code WYWDISC, because get this, Victoria teamed up with us to provide promo pricing just for our listeners. If you have more questions, reach out today, and coming from a reluctant participant, this is absolute magic. And now we've come to what some would call the very best part of the show, our segment appropriately named What's and Why's. 
It's where we get to ask our guests some questions that inquiring minds want to know. So without further ado, I bring you the what's and why's for your listening pleasure. I know that you've got the questions already and you've put some thought into them. That's because I'm a high S, just so you know, we was joking earlier <laughs> about the S needing time to process. I am terrible at like rapid fire. When I ever hear that stuff, I always freeze because I think, oh, I would never come up with anything great on the spot. Right. So, and did I go. answer it right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we wouldn't do that to you. So we pre-fed you the questions <laughs> and sent them ahead of time. Um, so my first one is, who do you look up to and why? Yeah. And of course, here's the other flip side of that. If I just had a quick reaction, it'd probably be easier. Then instead, what I do is I think, oh, gosh, well, this person, well, that person. So I'm kind of my own worst enemy, right? (laughs) But honestly, if I could just kind of kept coming back to the same answer, really, in my heart, and I would say, so first of all, I would say the women in my family, Mm. specifically, so uh, I have an amazing aunt. So I do want to mention her, Elaine. I love you. (laughs) You're the best. You've been so encouraging to me in my life. My mom, uh, my mom, who's always been a very strong, independent, you know, hard worker, always a soft place for me to land. And then going up the line so that so Elaine is my mom's sister. And then originally where we're all sort of coming from sort of as the matriarch is my grandmother, who is still alive. She's 98. Wow. Uh, My grandmother retired at the age of 90. Wow. And she was a dance teacher and choreographer. So not only retired, but we're talking physical work. And up until she was 88, she rode her bike to work. And the only reason she stopped is she had a bad fall, broke her wrist. And they were like, yeah, no, we're picking you out. Like she taught us. She she would teach at a lot of elementary schools. And they were like, no, you're we want to keep you in good shape. So we're going to drive you. But wow. Uh, just obviously for that time period, a very independent, strong woman that I just always, uh, to this day, I marvel at, at her strength. And so she is always uh, such an inspiration to me. What is something that brings you joy and why? So obviously, I would say spending time with my family and my friends. And I think more than ever this year, I think we realize the value in that, don't we? Because when we haven't been able to do it as much, so just that simple getting together and being able to chat and have a drink or two while you're doing it, but just really, really doing that. And then reading a great book, I feel super inspired by that. And again, if I can tie it into my business, what I would say is just what we spoke about already. When I see those kinds of aha moments or light bulb moments, when people have finally understood something about themselves, or they can sort of rewrite this maybe damaging history that they've had because of a belief they held true, which really wasn't, that sparks joy in me for sure. It really is amazing. Um, when you look back through your life, what decision brings you the most happiness and why? So I feel like obviously I have to say, and I know everyone says this, so I'm not going to leave it at that. So obviously marrying my husband and having my daughter, which was obviously the best thing I did. Yep. And I know that most people say that and leave it there. So I, I do want to offer something a little bit more. I would say that making the change in my life and my career. And again, when I talked about what I wrote about in the book, it was talking about how it took me almost 20 years before I really got to the point where I knew exactly what I wanted to do and have the confidence. So I'm not naturally a risk taker. Uh, So for me to really think, no, I'm going to do this on my own. And I don't know. I hope I still have some of those clients and I hope I can get new clients and I hope there's a appetite for it. But it was one of those times where I sort of a little bit turned off my rational brain and really went with my gut because I could feel this in my bones. Like that's how sort of dramatic it was to me. And it was just like, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. So I would have to say that 
listening to that, like sort of quieting the worry and the nervous chatter and all that and saying, you know what, you feel this. Yeah, exactly. You feel this, go with it. You got to go with it. So that would be it. I can relate. I recently had a situation similar to that. So the inner voice will prevail. Right? (laughs) Yes. We got to listen to that. We got to listen to that intuition for sure. Absolutely. So what's something that you feel people get wrong about you and why? (laughs) So I think we touched on this a little bit in, in our chats. And so part of this is to do with DISC and with understanding. So I have a twofold answer. I would say prior to me having my own business and people really getting to sort of see maybe the real me prior to that, I would say that I think a lot of people found me to be cool and aloof. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that ties into the fact that in my profile, I have a C and I have an S as high factors, which are more of the reflective, introspective. And I think that when people would look at that, they would think, oh, she's not like brimming with that high eye, like joy and hugging and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, sort of more intense, more serious. And I think then some assumptions go along with that, like, oh, you're, you don't care or you're not as, you know, you're not as interested or what have you. And so at times in my life, hear that. And I would always be shocked and hurt because I think, wow, and my friends who know me are like, that's insane. Like you care like almost too much about people, which is that crazy high empathy part. So I think that was it leading up to this. Now that people get to see me in my zone and and the fact that they can see the passion that I have for this and also the fact that I'm doing this because I want to help as many people as I can with this. I want to sort of give that knowledge to others so they can take off and fly with it for themselves. So I think now that that's sort of being seen. But one of the things that I think I get now a little bit is is the whole perfectionism thing, right. uh, which I do struggle with. But I think people sometimes think that, oh, well, you wouldn't get it. You have you have your stuff together like you, you know, this is all going great and this is whatever. And, and, and so somebody who is a perfectionist, let me just say that doesn't mean that they are perfect. <laughs> they are chasing a futile dream. Let me tell you, this is something I've been working on. You know, perfectionism just gets in your way. It prevents you from doing things. If you wait for everything to be perfect, you're never going to like release that into the world. So I do not have all my stuff together, people. (laughs) So that is something you're getting wrong. I'm a human, just like all of you. Set the story straight. (laughs) I'm learning every day. And that's part of this is I want to keep learning and I want to keep understanding. And I want to give myself permission to guess what, Victoria, you're not always going to get it right. You're not always going to have the perfect answer, but that's okay. And that's all we can really ask for is just try and learn something every day, right? Exactly. Yeah. So then my final question is, who would you like to hear on What's Your Why as a Mm. guest and why? Oh, my gosh, this is so tough. So, I mean, I would obviously say that I would like to hear uh, for somebody, maybe somebody else in a similar position who's, you know, started their own business or an initiative or something that they feel super passionate and inspired about and want to share whatever that is sort of with the world. That's always fascinating to me. Now, in terms of this is a Canadian podcast, and like if I was going to pick like a celebrity, maybe if I put this out there, a fellow Canadian celebrity, I love Dan Levy. Did you guys watch Shit's Creek? Yes. Look at you guys. See, I profile. I profiled that. Do you want to hear a their rush on him? <laughs> so do I, and my whole family. Oh my gosh, Dan Levy. I hope you're hearing. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love him. I love, so I love the show. Love. And during COVID, we did this funny little, I I did a, another podcast where somebody was asking me and we were, because nobody was doing anything at the beginning of this, but watching shows, we sort of, as a joke, profiled the casts. Like, so who would be who? 
Now, at the time, I'd only watched the first season. And I think, you know, the characters don't yes. really sort of fully develop. When I think of it now, I'm like, I had most of them, but I didn't. I gave different people versus the four, versus the four of the family. But if I was to look at the family now, knowing what I know. So here's how it goes. So Moira is the D. Alexis is the I, right? Of course. Of course. Johnny is the S and David is the C. And I love that because C's wow. don't often get good, good things. But look how funny he is, how sort of phobic he is about oh. things. And his room is so precise, like his side of the room and and just his whole thing and not loving to, you know, be the huggy kind of like, oh, OK, like just <laughs> all of that. Right. But yeah, so so that that was one of the fun things we did is profile it. But I love Dan Levy and like in person, like I don't know if you follow him on social, but just, I do. <laughs> I think he is such. I think he's so inspiring because he sort of stands for all these wonderful things like inclusivity and he does everything with such grace. And I just, anyway, I think he's, I think he's amazing. And I think he'd be a fantastic guest now. That's probably a big ask, but there you go. Well, we're putting it out to the universe. So I'm asking too, Dan, if you're listening, Dan Levy, call us, <laughs> just call us. It's no big sure, deal. We'll not? get you on the show. We'll find some yeah. time. Sure. Well, I'll chill. <laughs> And my plug is I want to be like somehow in, involved in that because oh, we're going to have you on too. So much. Okay, perfect. I'll Absolutely. profile him. How about that? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria, again, I cannot thank you enough. Your uh, your story is interesting. Your life's work now is beyond, beyond intriguing. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for being, I love that you are so feeling passionate and encouraged and interested in it that that just makes me even more excited so I, I that's what I love I love the sort of contagious effect of it of when other people feel it and see it and get on board with it and again that just keeps me invigorated it's funny and I don't know if anyone's ever said this but for me in speaking to you it's almost as if I just feel like you took a deep breath for me and it just went oh my gosh like there's things you can do to find out more about yourself or your situation or make it better. You don't have to just be accepting of what you think. You don't have to have that internal, you know, maybe negative language or positive language, but you don't have to have that sort of fight with yourself. You can go, oh, wait a minute. You know, what should I do? And there's ways to find out more information and get help with either emotional assessment or assessment for your, for your business. It's amazing. It's intriguing. Thank you. No one's ever put it quite like that. So thank you. I that was that was a really interesting way of putting it. And I love that. I, I'm, I'll remember that. and I'll take that to heart. So thank you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Do you like how you're hearing today's episode? I don't mean how you're listening to it, but how you're hearing it. Whether you're driving in your car or listening on some pods, there's one thing that I'm certain of that this podcast has been produced with the most enjoyable hearing experience possible. For those of you that know me, you know that these skills are most certainly not in my repertoire. So for that, What's Your Why has Twisted Spur Media Solutions to thank. Twisted Spur is an all-encompassing solution-based media company that's everything magic. Offering digital solutions in podcast and audiobook editing and production, online course and membership design and development, in addition to content creation, online paid advertising management and project planning, it's a one-stop shop of mad skills that Heather and her team bring to every project they work on. I can and will speak from personal experience when I say that Heather is a true advocate for quality, and you won't find a better solution for your digital project than Team Twisted Spur. If you like what you hear or even just want to nose around, check them out at twistedspurmedia.com, where the process is easy and the solution is even better. 
I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why? Our listeners, guests, and our sponsors too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning, but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, and remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media Production.